All right, you want to start? You want me to start this off? Do it. Okay. I think I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Welcome to the Dynasty Academy, Michael Washington Weeks. Mark is being a pompous ass before we came on air, and Mark Angst. You want to hear something really weird? Makes sense. I said one or two inches, growing one or two inches, and you're like, and he's still going. Oh. That's not the same comparison at all. Eli Manuel. I think I think we need to add a C or change one of the C's to chaos. Campus to chaos? Campus to chaos. <laughs> and you don't want people to really know that about you? Eli, you can cut this out. You can leave it in, too. Restart. I have legal on too many apps. I don't know what to follow. Welcome to the Dynasty Academy tonight. We are discussing, actually, I have no clue. Mark is going to apparently Jeopardy us. Well, no, Jeopardy gives the answers. They don't give the questions. But he's going to give us a bunch of questions between Eli and I, and we're going to talk about whatever it is that's on Mark's mind. Right, Mark? That's the plan tonight? That's the plan. That's the plan. We, that's what we're going to roll with. Are you? How are you doing this? Are you going to individual? Yeah. Are you individually asking us each a question, or is it one question for both of us? Like, how is this, how, how, what do you have in mind for this? Like, I don't know the rules. Question for both of you. It's just just different things that I've been okay. pondering myself throughout the week. That I was like, you know what? Let's let's ask these two jokers and see what they have to say. You got jokers, right? Just one question each. No, no, you both can answer and stuff like that. It's just so here. I'll, I'll leave it off with my first one. So, oh, okay. I, I was, I don't even know what, what, it, what made me think of it the other day, but I was thinking about Jonathan Taylor. And it, is he at this point the RB1? Like, if you're starting a dynasty startup at this point, and obviously Superflex, you're probably going to take quarterback one, two, three, somewhere around there. But that first running back at this point is it Jonathan Taylor? Huh. <sighs> I would have to say in dynasty format, I mean, assuming that, I mean, I just, I guess general, I would have to say in dynasty. Yes. Redraft. No. Hold on. When do we ever talk redraft? What the hell? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, just throwing it out there. I Fuck mean, redraft. I don't know how many people we, I don't that even we have. Tag redraft okay. In my thing. When I put all the show right, up. All right. Then, then yes, as far as dynasty is concerned, yes, I would have to say Jonathan Taylor is probably the number one though. I just say, that I don't know how long Derrick Henry actually has left, but the fact that Derrick Henry, the fact that I'm saying this and you're laughing because this has been like an ongoing thing for like three years with Derrick Henry, the, the fact that he's still going at the level that he's going at after three years, I mean, I don't think I would even be mad that if you drafted Derrick Henry as your RB, you know, two or three, I don't know about one, but as you just, if you're, trying to win now you know we'll, we'll we'll see how the rest of the year plays out because there's still a long season left but i mean I where was he going he was going like rb12 wasn't he oh look dynasty uh, startup i did see um a stat where if henry if henry keeps up his current pace of like 119 yards per game at a 17 game clip he'll break Emmett's record in like 2027 or 2028, I think it was. So somebody's like, all right, we'll sell sell Derrick Henry in 2027 then. Because that'll be the <laughs> last year he really goes off. But I mean, realistically speaking, it, it's it, it's not really a it's not, again, I, I don't necessarily think that Derrick Henry in, in Dynasty would be your RB1. But I don't think that you're going to go wrong or or be wrong if you decide to take him, you know, in the first round per se. I mean, I think longevity wise, Jonathan Taylor would probably have to be your RB one at this point. So I don't think there's anybody else that can contend. Derrick Henry went as the 14th running back off the board in in C2C Universe. Oh um, he went behind Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift. Those would probably be the two most surprising ones i think well swift was going fairly uh, fairly high though overall i mean 
I just, I don't know. <clears throat> I just think with Derrick Henry, the disrespect that this man has faced over the last few years, uh, and everybody keeps expecting that drop off, that clip, that, you know, that that eventually going to fall off thing. It will be my my luck that I take him as my RB two next year, <laughs> and then he'll, you know, break his hip or something. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I think at this point, you, you can't really. I don't think there's anybody really necessarily close. Nick Chubb, maybe. And I only say maybe because the guy last year missed, what, four games and still came in as, you know, a a large amount of fantasy points. But I don't think you could really put him above Taylor. So I I would say, yeah. I mean, I don't know where Eli spins with this. I know Eli loved Taylor coming out, but I would have to say, yeah. Hold on, before we get to Eli, in Kingdom, he also went as the RB14 he went a whole round later overall, but that's because we had uh, rookie picks in there. But right. one uh, lovely name that went ahead of him that I'm sure Michael is so happy that he took ahead of Derrick Henry in that league would be Miles Sanders. Yeah. I, I, we can talk about Miles Sanders later, but it's not Miles Sanders' fault. That's all I just No, not at all. But, it, I mean, how do you feel having Miles Sanders over Derrick Henry a whole round and a half later, you could have. I would have to say it's probably the reason why I'm one in five <laughs> in that league. Or at least I feel like it's probably contributing to the fact that I'm one in five in that league. Definitely I'm is. I'm just going to throw that there. But, okay, so so for those, of, for those of you listening real quick, before I give you a C2C Kingdom, we have college teams that, that score points and combine them. We, we, we do that in this league. Uh, I have held a lead. I have held a lead in a majority of my games in that league, but my NFL team is so freaking bad or not producing that those, those leads blow every week. Eli beat me by like three points and Eli's college team is fucking horrible. Yeah. Less than (laughs) that. that, Two points, whatever. And I just, I can't hold the lead on the NFL side. It just, it just does not work. I just can't do it. I, I, now, Eli, is is Taylor your RB one? I mean, I feel like that's an easy yes for you, but like, how how close is. is the next guy? Like, is is there any consideration for anybody else at this point? I'm probably looking at Taylor. Um. I don't really want anything to do with Saquon, and I don't have him on any teams. So, maybe one. I might have him on one of my, like, 16 teams. I don't want Saquon. All of the guys that came out with Jonathan Taylor that a lot of people were high on are either injured or... So they're going to be coming off of injury or they're not producing to maybe what we expected. So I think Taylor has to be the 101. Who, who's the next guy? Uh, or RB1. RB1 put it. Who is it? I probably. I might go Cook, even though he's still got some injury concerns, but he's still been on the field more producing than Saquon. Um, Mixon's back away but we still haven't seen a steady workload there. It's probably Henry. I'm probably digging Henry in the top, top three. I do like Zeke, so Zeke might be on my list. Probably my top four. What about Najee Harris? My, my thing with Najee right now my my thing with Najee right now is he's just not getting the, the rushing side of it. That that Pittsburgh Steeler offensive line is so horrible with the offensive with, with with the run block run blocking in general that he's just not getting room. I mean, you take a look at some of his his statistics. I mean, I think I think there was one game where he was like thirteen for twenty three. Um, so the passing work is fantastic. It's showing a complete body of work for a running back like Najee. Uh, it's just, to me, it's not sustainable. Now, granted, Big Ben is there. 
but we don't know what's going to happen next year. We don't know where, where, where it's going to go from here and who that quarterback's going to be. If they get a quarterback that can open the field up a little bit, it may not hurt Najee. It might actually help Najee because then everything that he doesn't get with the passing, he can then make up for with rushing. So I, I, I just don't think he's quite there to Jonathan Taylor level. I would say probably no, in the dynasty. I would say yes. I would say probably. I'm not uh, talking as far as running, top five. I, I would say okay. I would say as far as running backs are concerned, I would probably have him in the top five. Yes, I would have him probably in the top five. I might be out. Absolutely. I don't. I might consider him at five. Otherwise, I'm looking at a guy like Aaron Jones. But, but here's the thing, though you're 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 delving into guys that'll be in year two of their second contract. You know how at what point are those guys going right. to have the wheels start to fall off as running backs too? Now Aaron Jones at least gets passing down work, so he's he's there, but he's also twenty six. So you're you're talking about drafting at his age twenty seven. Yeah, it can be risky. Would, would, what about Kamara? I think I'd rather Kamara over Jones, Zeke. Probably even Dalvin Cook, because Kamara doesn't take the beating that those guys take. And that's that's probably my biggest problem. Now, I love Dalvin Cook. I make no qualms about it. I I, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, but I told Mark, I've told you, Mark, how many times this year that I've concerned with Minnesota's usage of him. If you take a look at certain guys, such as you know Kamara. You know they 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 have uh, other running backs that they kind of use, and Kamara doesn't it, it isn't you know touching the ball thirty plus times every game. Guys like Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, you know Ezekiel Elliott, I would like it better if they had somebody that spelled them more often. Dallas started doing that with Tony Pollard, but the last couple of weeks they've kind of driven away. I know they had last week off, but the last two weeks or the whatever leading up to that bye week, they kind of came off of that a little bit. If these guys had more of a running back presence to be able to take some of that workload off, I would like them a lot better. And that second contract, second year contract, or, you know, in that second contract wouldn't bother me as much. But but that does become an issue. You're absolutely correct. Because when does the wheels fall off? But I feel like the, of all the second year contract players, CMC so far is the only guy that's been hugely disappointing because he's the only one that hasn't been on the field since it's happened. I mean, you're talking, he's played six games since the contract extension and three of those games, he didn't finish. So I, I mean, he's the only one that's really fallen off in that second contract. Other than that, it's like, when did the wheels start falling off? Well, when they start falling off, but you can't play to predict that it's going to happen because if I had that Dalvin cook is what uh, RB top 10 right now. And I would have been like, ah, oh, well, I, I sold them for some kibbles and bits for guys that aren't even close. In the league I'm looking at now, Dalvin Cook is the number 19 running back. Overall? Really? Out of the running backs, yes. Wow, that's a lot lower than I thought. Touchdowns, lack of touchdowns? Um, well, this so this is using your the kingdom scoring. That's the league I'm on. He has only two touchdowns. But you got to remember, he's missed two games. So there's there's right, yeah, two yeah. full games he hasn't played. And one well, game... One game, he only played forty nine percent. What are his stats though across the board though? Like, I mean, I know the. Yeah, what's his fantasy points per game? So because he's got... that, that that has some crazy crazy scoring. So, so he's got three hundred sixty six yards, two touchdowns, twelve receptions, no touchdowns on the reception side. Three sixty six on how many? Yeah, I mean, I, I can go to a normal scoring, but. I was just that's just the league I had pulled up. Yeah, the only reason why I'm asking is because 366 is where in the in, in the NFL because he ran for 140 last week. So I mean, 140 of that came in one game. So or 130 something or whatever. In just basic scoring PPR, still obviously, he is actually running back 23. So that extra oh, well, scoring is even, helping him. It's even worse than I thought. That's crazy. I didn't think it was that that far down. Now this this is just based on fantasy points total overall. Again, and he's missed two games and right. a half, two and a half games. And he, go, and he has right. only two touchdowns on the year so far. So, too, so in 
two and a half games, he scored 64 points. So you're looking at 30 or 20 some points a game, at least when he's out there, but you still have to factor in. Like everybody talks about points per game, which I get, you know, I get that is a factor, but you still have the fact that you might not have them because it's just every year you're going to miss them for a couple weeks, it seems. It's just how it goes with them. That's the way Minnesota uses them, unfortunately. Right. So, I mean, you saw, you, I mean we've seen that with so many running backs. I mean, look at a lot of the guys that are falling into the top 15, let's say. How many of them actually play the entire year out? They don't miss any games. They don't have any, like... Right, I mean it's getting harder and harder to get the consistency that you get from a guy like Derrick Henry year in year out, getting the touches. Um, Jonathan Taylor seems like a guy that even when he has a lower end rushing game, he's so explosive that he gets used in the passing game. And I mean, he had a what 64 yard receiving well, touchdown. And, and, and this is actually ago. why I brought Nod like, up because if he's producing that kind of passing volume, which is kind of what we saw from Taylor last year, they used Taylor more in the passing game early on. And then as the season progressed and he started to learn the offense more and, and get more comfortable, then they started to, you know, use him on the run game more. So is it better to see that the guy is capable to be that kind of passing down back early and have that indicator than to see guys like, um, Joe Mixon, who when he came in, they didn't use him in the passing game at all. They just rammed him down the middle, and now he's been injured more often lately than than not. Right. I I, I no I I think Harris is easily in the top five, no matter what. There, um, and I think it's kind of up to you which direction you want to go with your team on who you're taking, because I would imagine in startups next year you're gonna have the decision here like you're asking on the board in front of would you, you rather have Najee Jonathan Taylor's probably going Swift. well I, for me I just think it's gonna yeah I'd, I'd rather, rather have Najee Swift too I think for me though it's just gonna boil down to whether or not Pittsburgh see the difference between Jonathan Taylor being used in that role last year and Najee being used in that role this year is last year they used Naheem Hines in the believe it or not they actually used him in the early part in that marlon mack role mm-hmm. once yeah. mack got hurt and they kind of put jonathan taylor in heinz's current role so like they did a role reversal pittsburgh doesn't have that they don't have anybody that they use right. Honey snell comes in and carries the ball like two times a game and that's it so they don't pittsburgh doesn't have that so they're they're still adding the rushing side onto it as well um i i look don't get me wrong. I absolutely we, – we know that second contract running backs, they're going to start falling. It's going to happen. There just hasn't been an influx, even though a lot of people feel like last year's rookie class was, like, really loaded. There really hasn't – or even this year's for to the top three anyways. There really hasn't been an influx of rookie running backs in the last two years that have come in and really lit the world on fire, per se, other than Jonathan Taylor and Najee in the passing game this year. So – there's not like a ton that you're going to go, okay, well, I'm a, I want to take over these guys. Like when you're sitting there looking at 105 or 106 and you have Cook on the board and you have Derrick Henry on the board or even an Aaron Jones, but now you have J.K. Dobbins or uh, DeAndre Swift or a Cam Akers, you're not going to take one of those guys, in my opinion, over a guy that's, that's like that, regardless of which direction you want to go in with your team. I mean, I love Dobbins, but you can't go on a hope and a prayer that this guy's going to return, you know, or even showcase what we all think he can do. You you can't do it because you don't know because we haven't seen a full-fledged, you know, workload plan. We expected that this year. So that that that's where that's where I'm having the trouble of the disconnect when it comes to the for to the running backs. It's like, okay, so where where is it after Taylor and and Harris? How do you? Right. The rest of those in. That does was, Henry go in a? Does Henry go in above him? You know stuff like that. So, well, yeah, I'm not saying Najee has to be the RB two, but if we were looking no, at no. guys still on contract one, so if we look at guys who are just on contract one still, it, it it feels pretty safe that it's 
Taylor Harris as the top two easily. Because, yeah, because Barkley, because Barkley, we still don't know about, and he's going to be on Chubb, contract too. I just and Chubb is already and, on contract too, and Chubb, yeah, and Chubb's already on contract too. So you're looking, you're looking at Swift, Dobbins, Williams, Etienne, Acres, and three out of those five guys are all going to be coming off an injury, right? And and that, and, that, and, and Gibson, that, that's really where and Gibson, who who oh yeah, has, don't forget Gibson, who's hurt this year too. So has, I mean, well, and he's been he was hurt last year a little bit too, like he was been yeah. dinged up himself, so. And then, and then look at next year's rookies that are coming in. You know, I mean, there's always the rookie hype and rookie fever. So, I mean, look at the rookies coming in. You know, your Brees Halls, your Isaiah Spillers of the world. Granted, it's not very heavy after that. I mean, what is it? I was going to ask That's who's about next. it, right? I was about to yeah, say, who's, say, who's next say, that's, really about it. that's really about it. But you got to add those two in. And there, there are a lot of people excited about the Brees Halls of the world. You're, so, you're going to have a whole pile of guys after them, though, that are – um, maybe the Zach Charbonnet of the world. Well, yeah, I mean, we, but they're going to go in like the right, but I mean, late second, third, fourth round of yeah, your you're rookie drafts. The, the Michael Carter's of the world that you know make it over drafted just because they land in a good spot type of situation. But I, I'm just saying that, like, when you take a look at the running backs coming in next year, you know, you get a fact that those are going to go in. So. It, for me, it, 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 it's a dependent on how do you feel about second contract running backs? You know, do you, do you want to take the chance that they the guys have another year or two to eke out? Because I know it was said this year, but is it possible for Derrick Henry to do this for a fourth year? I mean, Derrick Henry's an alien, but is it possible for him to do this for a fourth year? Right now, I would say it's 50-50. <laughs> because let's be honest, I mean, the guy has just been an absolute, you know, terror but if you had said that if you had said that four years ago i've been like hey derrick henry's gonna do this for four straight years you'd be like well what's the chances you'd be like eh. <laughs> you know so oh yeah i mean i was not a i mean i i really didn't even consider derrick henry in any startup over the last until this year probably did i really start considering it. and even this year i had hesitant because of what he did last year and how many touches and everything that he's had the last couple of years so even this year, I can't even say I was full on the Derrick Henry train. So that definitely shouldn't be next year, because then next year definitely is when the wheels will fall off. I was. I got I wish I would have taken him Me in too. more startups. Me too. But I did more of a I mean, I wish I, redraft. I, wish I would have taken him over Miles Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to finish up running backs... Startups next year are going to be a lot more difficult than they've probably been in the last couple of years. Yeah, I just don't think there's a clear cut. I just don't think it's clear cut. I think it, I think you could go in multiple directions and not necessarily be wrong, but I think that if you are wrong, you're going to hate yourself. I mean, I, I think it's still clear at one. Where we've been clear almost in CMC the last few years, I think we're clear on Taylor at one. I don't think there's any. But after that... I mean, I don't even, I, for me personally, I didn't even have CMC as my one this year. So. Who did you have as your one? My one this year was probably, I mean, I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but I think I had, I think I had, it was either, it was Cook and then Taylor. Taylor was like my number two. I mean, he was still in my top three. So. I don't even know if it was Cook. Kamara. It was Kamara. Kamara was my number one this year. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't trust him. I just didn't trust CMC with the injury issue. You know. Any final thoughts there, Eli? I I just think it's we've been seeing it year after year when we have startups. I look at my running backs and I kind of judge my team entirely based on that how it comes out in the end. All right. Well, so let's talk wide receiver. And do we almost have to look at wide receiver the opposite of running back, where Guys like Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyreek should be closer to DeAndre Hopkins, should be closer to the top of our lists over guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Should, um, should we look at the age and the experience more than we do with running backs? Mm. 
I think I think I still want because let's remember last year. Go ahead. CD Lamb jumped into the number one wide receiver last year at one point. DK Metcalf jumped in to be the number one wide receiver last year at some point. Justin Jefferson jumped in to be the wide receiver one at the end of the year. But who's hey. more consistent at this point? I, I think that what you see with a lot of the a lot of things is if you take end up taking receiver earlier in the first round, you need to make sure that you're trying to get guys like AJ Brown or Justin Jefferson or you know the guys that have the age because wide receiver is so deep that you can get the Cooper Cups later in the round. Cooper Cups never going to get the, the the credit he deserves. He's he's never going to launch himself into a top two round pick. It's just never going to happen. It doesn't no. matter who he, he. It's just the way that it is. So even though he's going to be a guy, he's a guy who can produce at a wide receiver one clip for you. You know, it's for me, I think that you're still going to see the the younger, youthful guys get the opportunity and chance. But you're never going to see it. I don't think you'll ever see a rookie come in and immediately take into a first round, be a, be a guy that's taken in the first round. I don't think you're going to see it. I think if any rookie pick goes in the first round, it's going to be a running back. We saw it with CEH. You know, last year, he was picked between 10 and 12 in some cases. So I think that that's what you're going to see. I don't think you'll ever see that with wide receiver, ever. I don't care who it is. You're looking at your first rookie receiver, you're going to be probably late second, early third, maybe mid-second. Just because how deep receiver is. All those top guys are going to end up going in that second round. You'll see the Adams of the world go. You'll see the, the DeAndre Hopkins of the world I mean, those are going to be the guys that you're going to see go there. OBJ is probably drafted eight rounds too high, but you know. <laughs> but should we should we be looking at wide receivers in a different way than running backs, where we shouldn't prioritize the age as much? Because yes, the the <laughs> top two from you know CD Lamb has looked good, Justin Jefferson looked good, Jamar Chase looked good, but. Mike, Mike Williams is now having a breakout when he was probably being drafted where those guys were back then. Marquise Brown was being drafted high. Uh, DJ Moore. Henry Ruggs. DJ Metcalf. You know, should, should we be waiting and building our team around these, these more consistent I think I think it's 26, a fair 27 year I mean, old. You're looking receiver. at getting in then you're aiming for the I mean, in a couple of years it's gonna be Jamar Chase and those guys that were taking those rounds though. So I would I want I still want to get the C D Lambs, the Jamar Chase, the Justin Jeffersons of the world, unless I'm getting Tyreek or Adams, maybe. Uh, I mean Adams is tough right now because obviously we have no idea what Aaron Rodgers is doing. And you have no idea where Adams is going to be. Tyreek is at least tied to Mahomes for a couple more years, at least. Cooper Cup is at least tied to Matthew Stafford. For me, Hop- go Hopkins ahead. Hopkins Murray. Oh, was that you? Well, that? So Hopkins does oh. yeah, Murray for a few, you know, at least for a few years. So, for me, when I'm really looking at this, and I'm looking at it from a standpoint of uh, does age matter with receivers? I, I think I'm going to want to try to get the younger explosive guy before I get some of these other guys that are kind of into their prime. But with that being said, wide receivers as a whole generally take longer to develop into the position to be fantasy relevant anyways. So that's why I think it's more important to try to get a guy like Justin Jefferson or a guy like DK Metcalf or AJ Brown earlier than you would you know, the Devontae Adams of the world. You know where Devontae Adams is going to do. You know what Tyreek Hill is going to do. If you're looking at a dynasty approach and you're going to try to win now more than you're going to try to actually build a dynasty over the course of time and points, because let's let's face it, Justin Jefferson's going to face some downs and ups because he's young. A.J. Brown's going to do the same thing. We're already seeing it a little bit with A.J. Brown now. So And Jefferson has a quarterback right. at some point. But by the time that these guys 
enter into their prime and you're at the dynasty level, if you have them at that point and rounded out your team nicely, you're going to get them at the start of their prime. And if you do it right, you're going to get the other guys that are going to be like a year or two from the end of their prime. So you're going to put together a really good balanced team at that point in time. It's going to take a couple of years to get there. But if you have the patience to do that and you time it out right, you should be able to get that. Um, so I think it, I think it's really going to depend on your approach for, for now, that matter. I know I mean, we, the three of us, love Justin Jefferson. Should C.D. Lamb and Jamar Chase be probably drafted over him at this point? Because you don't know who Justin Jefferson's quarterback is going to be? Lamb, yes. Chase, no. Even though Chase is going to be tied with Burrow, most likely for – I do, not, I do not think Justin Jefferson is quarterback productive base for him. I do not they think they roll out Kellen Mond. I mean, we don't know what Kellen Mond can do. Have you, well, well, I mean, we don't know what I've Kellen Mond can do. I've seen a I mean, lot of college tape of the kid. I mean, you know, I mean, college is different, though. I mean, you never know. Kurt Warner was what? In and out of the league for a long time, went to the indoor league, came back and won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, you never know. Sometimes it just takes some, uh, uh, an offensive scheme to, to click. You know, maybe Kellen Mond, uh, if they get rid of what's-his-name at the head coaching position and they bring in somebody that's kind of like a, a Sean McVay in the Rams, and the next thing you know, Minnesota's got one of the most explosive offenses in the league next year with Kellen Mond at quarterback. I mean, I, I, hypothetically speaking, I don't think Kellen Mond could do that, but, I mean, but, you never know. But what, what makes you believe in Justin Jefferson more than Jamar Chase at this point? Let's put it this way. I believed in Justin Jefferson so much. He was my wide receiver one coming out last year. Yeah, over so he was mine like also. C- over guys like C.D. Lamb and stuff. Because I don't think that his physical tools and I don't think his talent is based upon how his quarterback plays. I think that he is a guy that's a true alpha and it's going to mold himself into a true alpha at the wide receiver one position. I don't think he's tied Chase to the quarterback. The same way? I think Chase can be, yes. But I, it depends if he wants to get there. The breakout performance that we're seeing right now is fantastic, but we need to see another year of it. It's the same thing kind of like with Justin Jefferson. We're seeing Jefferson still go out there with Minnesota and produce. It's not at the – it wasn't like gun-ho right out of the, out of the stretch. Okay, so then why, why C.D. Lamb then? Because he's well, – Because C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson were so close last year. So why do you flip I them mean, now? Because of the quarterback? I, I did – well, I mean – I flipped them mainly just because of how explosive Dallas's offense is in comparison to Minnesota's. Minnesota's is run-based and heavy. Dallas is now a more pass-option offense. That's the only reason why I flipped them now. I mean, Justin Jefferson, if it came to me and it was my pick, I'm still taking Jefferson over Lamb. But I could see Lamb going over Jefferson. And oh, yeah, I'm not asking you, about – I mean, people take right. DK Metcalf over these guys. I, right. I'm not talking about out there. I'm just talking about you in general. You can make a 1A, 1B argument. I mean, it's not a 1-2 argument that's, like, separated by miles. It's literally a 1A, 1B argument, in my opinion. I mean, I know you like DK more. Would you put him up there with them or – Um. I think I'd rather have Lamb and Jefferson at this point. Um, maybe even Chase. Cat's probably a little bit behind them. AJ Brown or Metcalf? Oh, uh, AJ Brown. Yeah, I say AJ Brown too because I don't think AJ Brown's necessarily tied to his quarterback either. I I, I think Russ right. has made DK better better than what he is. Michael Michael Pittman or Metcalf? Metcalf. I mean, I love Michael Pittman. Don't get me wrong, but Metcalf. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just going through younger guys. I'm not obviously, right. but just these younger guys. What about guy? What about Waddle? Waddle and Metcalf. Metcalf. I'm going to say Metcalf now, but I could see if we had this conversation again next year, Waddle being higher than Metcalf. I mean, Miami just needs to figure out that quarterback situation because that's a, it's a nightmare right now. What if Watson's the quarterback and not Tua? Uh, I would say probably still Metcalf until I saw how Watson and Waddle acted on the on the field together. T. Higgins. I think Chase hurts Higgins. I well, it I, seems that way. I mean, T. Didn't hurt, but a lot of people didn't think so. But I think T. I think I think Chase is hurting T. It, and it's unfortunate. I, I don't know. I mean, if Tyler Boyd's gone, 
But I think Higgins has actually kind of taken a drop, even though I still think he could be a true wide receiver one. I think he's taken a drop until we figure out if Boyd's gone or not there. Personally. It's yeah, it's been sad this year. For, I mean, again, he's been hurt, so we'll see. Maybe if he gets back healthy, where it goes from there. But, but, but this is a complete opposite of what the running back situation is like. I mean, if you think about it, like all the all these young wide receivers we're talking about, year or two in, maybe three in the tops. You know, I mean, you can add a, a Marquise Brown at the end of that, which right now, you know, with the with the way he's been playing, you can add Henry Ruggs at the tail end of this list. You know, um, with the way that he's been playing. You don't have like the older wide receivers. I mean, we can all admit that right now at this point in time, OBJ is not the same OBJ that we know. Kenny Galladay, 28 years old, looking like we don't know what he is with the Giants. Uh, you know, Nuke, Adams, you know, and then it's like, what? New, who did we discuss? Nukes, Adams, Cooper Cup. Hill. Uh, Hill. Tyreek Hill, Cooper Tyree Cup. Kill, Tyreek Kill's probably on the, you know, he's probably younger than some of those guys that we, that we were just talking about, but he's older than some of the other guys. So it's like an influx of young wide receivers in comparison to, to the running back situation where there is no comparison. You know, there's no younger running backs that, that are loaded up. Like they're in the league, but we don't know what they're going to be because we haven't seen it yet. Unlike with injuries, unlike wide receiver though, we're starting to see some of these guys, you know, start producing. They're starting to come on into, into their own. So you know, I, I think it's a complete opposite end of the running back situation. So I, I, I still believe in, you know, not doing the zero RB strategy because I just don't think it works. But I can see why people are, are starting to say, well, what about the influx of wide receivers? But again, this goes back to the point that we discussed that wide receivers so much deeper than running back. So much deeper than running back. Any other thoughts on this or you want to move on to the next thing? Let's let's talk a little C two C quarterback. And Michael brought up that if Eli can can get the program to work for the scoring side of things, that he might want to start a couple more startups, some C two Cs next year. And Spencer Rattler really made me think: should taking quarterbacks high in a C two C draft, the college side of draft? Really, should we wait? Because looking at how things are going on the college side and how quarterbacks are very like like a roller coaster, is it worth trying to draft them so high, hoping to get that one guy? Or is it better to just kind of load up on these younger, talented position players? Because... We've looked at this in the past um, before, Michael, and we talked about it on the show here where we, we've gone through these quarterbacks, but, um, you know, going through DJU hasn't looked incredible. Now, it's, it's a bad offensive line and all that stuff, but is he really worth the number one pick that he got taken with in the C to C draft this year, or should that person have really gone by John Robinson or Sam Howe, who obviously looks a little more. So uh, hindsight's always going to be 50, 50, no matter which way you look at this. So, I mean, you, you, you can make the same casement from, you know, if we did C to C leagues last year, you know, we'd be having a, probably a very similar question, you know, some similar question um, as far as, you know, with the college scoring and stuff quarterbacks are so volatile at the at the college level because they could change at, at a moment's notice i mean look at spencer rattler this year you know and caleb williams comes in the next thing you know i mean caleb williams the five-star recruit we knew he was waiting in the wings and we're expecting you know spencer rattler to have this sensational year at oklahoma and, and move on to be one of the top two quarterbacks taken uh obviously now it's looking like spencer rattler might be better off transferring and doing the opposite of what baker and jalen hurts and you know, Tyler Murray did in actually transferring out of Oklahoma to save his draft stock. Um, but quarterback's such a volatile position. I think it's going, I think it's important to still get your quarterbacks, but I, I think that when you look at quarterback as a whole, if you're looking for 
for the NFL talent, I think you have to go get it because there's only 32. And let's be honest, of that 32, there's probably really only like 15 that are, you know, worthwhile, you know, as far as NFL side is concerned. So you you need to make sure you're going to try to go get that. I think loading up on quarterback is probably more important than loading up on the running back or wide receiver side. Now, some of this is combated depending on your, you know, your campus to Canton format, but overall, I just, if you get a chance to go get a guy that is going to be, you know, you, you think definitely the next thing, if he looks like he's the best quarterback in that draft class, I think you just got to go get him personally at this time. I mean, Uyagalale, you probably could have waited on. It probably was a little bit early for a first overall. I would have probably rather have had Howell there in that situation, but I don't know. But is if... it really? I mean, at, at the point of the start of this season, what what we saw what in the two games he played last year, which he did look tremendous. Right. Yeah. And and what we've seen from Clemson, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was part of that, but we've seen them be able to build players around them. I don't know that his number one pick was that bad, but just looking at, because this, let's be real, this is maybe the third or fourth year, and this is really the first year we've dug into something so deep to really look at quarterbacks and, and really see the other side of things. I mean, going into it, we all kind of knew what Trevor Lawrence was, why he went so high. We knew where Justin Fields was. Trey Lance was a little bit unknown, but he had – I mean, he even had question marks coming out whether he would be where he was. But it's just like – look at Keegan Slovis. Look at Spencer Rattler. These are our guys drafted in the first or second round thinking they were going to be first-round draft picks in the NFL. So, it, it, I mean – yeah, if you if you know a guy, you know Sam Howell or let, Trevor let, Lawrence let, last year. But well, other me, than that, is let me rephrase that. I, I don't think DJ Uyagalale was a bad first overall pick. I don't. I just think that when you're looking at being having the first pick in a, in a format like that, you still don't know what you're getting with Uyagalale. Yeah, he looked great in the two games, but. Clemson also had a ton of talent leave for the call for the, for the NFL. So when you look at this, I think you have to go with Sam Howell who had talent leave as well. Don't get me wrong. It's not like all of a sudden Howell has the exact same team, which is why we, I think he struggled at the beginning of the year and he's no longer struggling now because it's finally settling in. But Howell has had more experience and more game experience than Uyagalale had, and he's faced more adversity than Uyagalale had. So if any of that adversity happened, we don't know how DJU was going to respond. And I think that that's where I would have differentiated between taking Howell over DJU is because I would rather have had that experience edge on the college side. Let's say say you take Howell first, and then the second pick went with DJU. I still don't think that is at this point the right pick. And maybe DJU turns it around. I mean, he seems to have a better head on his shoulder than Spencer Rattler does because, you know, Spencer Rattler loses a job and what does he do? Unfollow Caleb Williams and unfollow Oklahoma and all of this other stuff. My, my overall thinking though is, in those top two rounds, is it better to just grab two running backs, a running back wide receiver, something of that, and then kind of see what quarterbacks are left and take guys who, I mean, should Carson Strong have been drafted higher? Should Malik Willis have been drafted higher? Well, I mean, they were drafted higher in the later in the in C2C universe. I mean, they, they were taken much earlier in C2C universe. Um, I think my my biggest thing when it comes to this is, again, when it, you have the positional players of that sort with the Benjamin Robinsons, the Brees Halls, the Isaiah Spillers, I think that they're going to be, you know, first round picks 
in general anyways. I think they're going to fall somewhere along those lines. The question just becomes, where do they fall in comparisons to the quarterbacks? I still think you need to go out and get your quarterbacks. I still think that the your top picks should be the quarterbacks. And, it, and I mean, yeah, Carson Strong's and Leak Willis of the world, they ended, they ended going in the second round or third round in some cases. But um, it just I, – I don't know. It's hard. It's hard because, I mean, you know. Well, and that – and that was my next thought is knowing knowing going into a C2C draft, going going into a C2C draft, should you then consider trying to get Josh Allen or Kyler Murray or Patrick Mahomes in the first round, Dak Prescott in the first round, hopefully, or in the second round, whatever, and then turn around and grab a, a third Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson type quarterback. Almost what, kind of I, I got, what I got a um, question. the one guy did do in universe where he went field and Lance, I think. I think yes. I don't know if they were his top two picks. You loaded up on and third round pick. First and second. In your right. so, um, I mean stuff NFL like that draft. and then and you're not pretty well focus set on with the quarterback as much in the CGC side, knowing you have, well, hoping you have, obviously. Do you really you need to go rookies, for the Sam Howell? You know, we expect Josh Allen and, and or can you go some, of these, some other guys of these other guys to last for a while. It, is that the better way to go at this point? And then did you see oh. a quarterback like, you know, Mac Jones Draft. and Zach Wilson fall through the cracks of the C2C and and – you, you know, you can maybe bid on one later on. So. So I think for me, it depends on what your strategy is, because we drafted the NFL side first and then you go into the C to C side. You know, I still think your strategy should matter. But again, quarterback, again, is one of those situations. It's so volatile. It changes so quickly. I mean, Daniel Jones played three games and everybody was calling for his head. You know, uh, you take a look at Josh Allen. I mean, how many Buffalo Bills fans were calling for his head after the first year? How many how many quarterbacks have been one and done or two and done and had an opportunity to to, to really like to really sit and like be like, okay, uh-huh. they, they didn't have the Josh they didn't have the Josh Allen longevity or support system. You know, so how many of them were like, okay, I, I'm here, I'm here for one or two years, and now I'm gone. You know, I mean, take a look at take a look at Arizona. They traded up the draft Josh Rosen, and then the following year, took Kyler Murray, cut Rosen, or traded Rosen. And you know Practice. what I mean? Like, look, look at Tua. There's already trade rumors all over the place about Tua, and he's only been in Miami for a year. Speaking of, hold on, before you move off of Josh Rosen, just real quick, do you know the only rookie quarterback to I beat really Aaron Rodgers in like the last 13 games is Josh Rosen? <laughs> But Rosen is another guy that, you know, just, just thinking about it in, in, in a sense. So quarterback is so volatile. And I think it's volatile at, at both levels, the college level and the NFL level, that you have to be able to to get those guys. Like, yeah, you know, the Zach Wilson's of the world could fall through the cracks and the Matt Joneses could fall through the cracks. But, you know, what happens if those guys don't pan out? And the next thing you know, Zach Wilson's getting benched and the Jets are drafting another quarterback. I mean, look at Sam Darnold. Look what Sam Darnold went through in, you know, in, in New York and with Adam Gates. It wasn't even Sam Darnold's fault, per se. So I, I think you need to try to find that stability because if you don't find that stability, even if you attack the NFL side with quarterback and have three, four good, solid quarterbacks, you just never know. Joe Flacco went from winning a Super Bowl to suddenly basically out of the league. I mean, I know he's with Philadelphia, but he hasn't done anything, you know, for quite some time now. So it's just the the game it positions it changes so much, you know, that that I feel like you have to, regardless of what your NFL side looks like, personally. Yeah, it just, I mean. Drafting the NFL side definitely, I think, helps to set your strategy for C2C. I think, you know, having a, a year and a couple drafts under our belt 
it does make it a little easier to look at it and go, okay, well, you know, this might work better. This might work better than the, obviously this year doing it for the first time, but it's just these, these college quarterbacks are just so, so all over the place. It's just so hard to know what to do with them and, and who is the, the guy anymore. It, it it changes so much. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe we were, maybe we've been you know, spoiled by Trevor Lawrence and those guys, and and thinking that we we had a better sense of things when we really didn't. I I, I mean, but again, though, nobody expected this with Spencer Rattler. But it goes to show even further the 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 vol- you know, utility of, of that position. You know, I've used that word a lot tonight, but I mean, really, realistically, it's the best word to describe it because you don't know what to expect. I mean, after the week one, Sam Howell kind of looked like any other North Carolina quarterback to ever come out of that freaking you know, place. It just, he didn't look good at all. You know, Uyaga Lelays looked, you know, human for Clemson. Oh, it's been absolutely dreadful. The whole offense has been dreadful. J- Justin Ross is the only bright spot. Well, and but you know the only thing that that gives me hope with with Uyagale is, I think it was I don't know if it was after the NC State game or it was after one of the games, and you know he didn't have this amazing game, but somebody caught him out on the field after the game, running through plays again, to try and figure out you know what went wrong, what worked here, what didn't work there. So to me, it says he's trying to learn where. Are these other guys just not as committed? Possibly. I, I mean, that's a whole other story. I just, I just look at these quarterbacks and wonder: is it is it better to just wait till your third round of your C two C? The entire offenses look terrible. Looking though. at what's what's out there in quarterback, I mean, it, you're only going to have what? I mean, we we saw five this year, and we were blown away by that many. So. Three, usually a year, hopefully. So there's no yeah, I mean, there's no guarantees. I mean, obviously, because we've discussed it. Because I mean, obviously, with Rattler and Slovis now, kind of looking like that they might benefit from returning. It kind of leaves what Howell, Carson Strong, Malik Willis, and that's about it. So far, yeah. Matt Corral, oh Corral, and and um, yeah. <laughs> the kid from Coastal, I think, is a Grayson McCall is starting to creep up boards too. I, I don't know what year what year he is if he yeah he's eligible to come out. 